0: In chapter 22 of Genesis, we have one of the most glorious chapters in all of Scripture. And when one sees the full story of what all takes place here, it truly is remarkable. So after waiting 25 years to have this child, Isaac, God does something remarkable and gives Abraham an incredible test. And let's pick it up in verse 1. Now, it happened after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only one, whom you love, Isaac, and go forth to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. And what an amazing thing that God asked that after he promised his son and he promised that through Isaac, he would have a multitude family, uh, uh, as many as the stars are in the sky, and that he would bless Abraham and bless Sarah's womb, and it came to pass. And now God is saying he's going to expand his family through Isaac, but then he gets this command, which is totally opposite of the promise of what God has said. So, you know, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? What was Abraham thinking? And, I think when you look into this passage, we we don't know for sure, right? To, to act like we can read the mind of Abraham would be too lofty for us as humans. But yet, if we look at the things that Abraham said and the promises that God had given Abraham, I feel like he trusts God and he knows that God is up to something. So Abraham's like, you know what? I can trust God. He gave me this son. I waited 25 years. He said he was going to give him to me and he was going to bless me. So if God's asking me to do something, I've seen him come through. I'm going to do it. So Abraham rose early in the morning, excuse me, morning voice sometimes, and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Now, this very important here, it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham was in Beersheba, which was 44 miles on a direct line to where God is asking him to go. Now, obviously, the only thing that goes on a direct line and not even that is a plane right but they still have to circle to land and obviously Abraham wasn't on a plane he was on foot so it's it's not a direct line it's not like there's a path that goes straight there <clears throat> so this is a a journey a three day journey for Abraham to go to the place and isn't it interesting that when God were to ask Abraham to go and sacrifice his son? That for whatever reason he's supposed to go to a specific place on a specific mount, and that that mount is three days away. Quite a challenging task. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. So the question we should be asking ourselves is why? Why to this place? And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here. So when Abraham sees the place from a distance, Remember, it's a mount and a Moriah, and so he sees it from a distance. He says, stay here with the servants that he had with him, with the donkey, while I and the boy go over there, and we will worship, and we will return to you. And I think that's very interesting that Abraham here says that we're going to go worship, and we will return to you. So he, he makes this statement to his servants that we will return. Is that the faith of Abraham believing that somehow God is going to do something to save the son whom God promised he would multiply them? I think it's possible. Other than that, or he's just lying. Now we know that Abraham lied in the past about his wife, Sarah. But in this particular case, he says, we will return to you. He wouldn't have had to say that. Then Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and put it on Isaac, his son. And isn't that interesting that Isaac is going to carry the wood up to the mount where he is to be sacrificed. Does that remind you of someone? This is Abraham's one special begotten son from Sarah. You remember God had a begotten son and he carried his cross, his wood, up on a mountain. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, here I am, my son. And behold, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And listen to what Abraham says next, which I think is just incredible in so many ways. And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Now this statement recorded so many years ago, way before any knowledge in these guys specifically about Jesus. And listen to what Abraham said. God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Now, again, a measure of faith or a a complete lie. But the fact that Abraham just went when God told him to go, and he took his son, and he said, we will return. And now he says, God will provide for himself. Does Abraham have some type of spiritual prophetic intuition from God that somehow God's not going to take the son from him whom God promised he would multiply? I think that's very possible The other thing that we see here is God will provide for himself the lamb. And isn't it amazing that God did indeed provide for himself the lamb through his son, Jesus. Many years later, God provided for our sacrifice and God provided it from his only begotten son. And he was the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And and why that's so significant is about to be revealed how amazing this is. Then they came to the place. Now, they were told to go to a specific place. They came to the place of which God had told him. God told him to go a three-day journey over 44 miles on a direct line to a specific mount. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and put him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham's following through faithfully. And I wonder what he's thinking. God, somehow are you going to make a way? And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of Yahweh called to him from heaven. And remember that for a moment. An angel intervenes and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the boy and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only one, your only begotten son from me. And that should be cueing us ahead to what God does. You have not withheld your son, your only begotten one from me. And God did not withhold his only begotten for our sacrifice. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there was a ram after it had been caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, Yahweh will provide. Now listen to this. This place gets a name. It was Mount Moriah. And now Abraham says, we're going to call this place, Yahweh will provide. Not only did he, not Yahweh provided (laughs) <laughs> now think about that. This just happened. Yahweh provided the sacrifice, but Abraham saying, Yahweh will provide. So interesting, as it is said this day, in the mount of Yahweh, it will be provided. As though there's a future in this mount where God will provide. Then the angel of Yahweh called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, declares Yahweh, because you have done this thing and you have not spared your son, your only one, your only begotten. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I'll greatly multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And now we have a, a reiteration of the, the Abrahamic covenant that God had already promised. And your seed shall possess the gate of its enemies. and your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have listened to my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and walked together to Beersheba. And Abraham returned to Beersheba. Church, this is such an incredible passage. The fullness of this is truly, truly remarkable. And I want to share it with you that there was a time in history later on And you could read about it in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, where David, who comes in the family line of Jesus, or is the family line of Jesus, by the way, says that we need to do a census. Uh, we, We need to count our fighting men. And this was looked at historically as weakness and a lack of trust in God if you need to count all your numbers. And Joab actually... David's military commander said, this is not a good idea. And in fact, it even says that Satan incited David to have Joab count his military. So David, even though he's questioned by Joab to not do this and told this would make us guilty before God, Joab, David commanded Joab to do it anyway. So Joab went ahead and did it. But later on, David realized what a mistake he made. His seer told him that, you know, you didn't trust God. And he knew that he made a a, a mistake. And it's very interesting that an angel of God was sent then to destroy Jerusalem as a result of the fact that David had this lack of faith and made a mistake. And on a certain mountain, David went up, and there was an angel that was about to destroy Jerusalem. And it was on this threshing floor of Orn and the Jubasite, this level ground on the top of a mount. And it's David lifted up his eyes, First Chronicles twenty one sixteen, and saw the angel of Yahweh standing between earth and heaven, and his drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. And then David goes up and erects an altar to Yahweh on this spot, on this mountain, on fleshing, the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And when David goes ahead and offers a sacrifice on this mountain, when this angel was about to destroy Jerusalem, then Yahweh spoke to the angel and he returned His sword to its sheath. Literally, as a result of David making a sacrifice on this mount, the the angel went ahead and put his sword away due to the sacrifice. And what I want to tell you that is just so incredibly amazing is that this threshing floor of Ornan the Jubicite, this level spot on the top of a hill in Jerusalem, is where then God instructs David to tell Solomon, this is where you're supposed to build the temple. On the place that we offered this sacrifice, and and where the angel sheathed his sword, is the place that Solomon, your son, is supposed to build the temple where future sacrifices were going to be made. And church, what's incredible, is that hill in Jerusalem is Mount Moriah. It is the same exact hill where God told Abraham to take his son, to sacrifice his son. And on that mountain, God provided a substitute with a ram and a thicket. And on that same mountain, when an angel was about to destroy Jerusalem because of David's unfaithfulness and lack of trust in God. David provided a sacrifice and the angel sheathed its sword. Now God says, this is the place where you're supposed to build the temple on the same Mount and incredibly the same place where Isaac walked his wood up to the Mount. It's the same Hill that Jesus carried the wood of his cross and where God sacrificed his only begotten Son as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't that incredible? God, all throughout history, orchestrates on this one special mountain all of these events where substitutionary sacrifice is given for the forgiveness of sins. And ultimately, just as God told, just as uh, Abraham said, the Lord will provide the sacrifice, my son, This is the place where the Lord did provide the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And just as Abraham called the place, uh, the, the, the Lord will provide the mount on which the Lord provides. He named it that place. That is the place. That is the mountain where God provided Jesus Christ as our sacrifice and as our substitute. And if God can do all that on one mount, spanning thousands of years, then you can trust him. Hallelujah. What an incredible prophetic fulfillment. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and he was sacrificed for our sin on Mount Moriah. I hope this blesses your faith. God bless you all.